Welcome to the Asset Management Fridays edition of the Passive Income Through Multifamily Real Estate Podcast. Your hosts, Gary Lipsky and Kyle Mitchell, have more than 45 years of combined experience in operations and management and more than 25 years of real estate investing experience. This show focuses on educating syndicators and apartment owners on how to build systems, manage their properties more efficiently, and become a best-in-class operator. 100% straight talk. Let's jump in. Hey, everyone. Welcome to our Asset Management Friday segment of the Passive Income Through Multifamily Real Estate Podcast. I'm your co-host, Kyle Mitchell, also joined by Gary Lipsky. This segment is focused on educating operators, building better systems, and becoming a best-in-class operator. Also, be sure to check out our Facebook group, Passive Income Through Multifamily Real Estate. How many times have you thought, there has to be a better way while working through endless rent rolls and historicals? Enter Red IQ, who will process and standardize them, generate deep and accurate property insights, and bring you through the final underwriting all in just five minutes. As for underwriting, thanks to Red IQ's new Excel add-in called QuickSync, you can continue using your own model and instantaneously populate it with the data from Red IQ with just the click of a button. Request a demo today at RedIQ.com. All right, today on the show we have Ashley Wilson. Ashley, how's it going? Great, thank you for having me on. Absolutely, thanks for being on. If you can start by telling the listeners a little bit more about yourself and what you currently do. Yes. So I'm a full-time real estate investor. I've been investing in real estate for a little over 10 years. And currently I have a flipping company where I flip large multi-million dollar houses. And then also too, I have obviously an apartment company too. And I run asset and construction management on the large multifamilies that we have. Well, thanks for joining us, Ashley. Let's talk about construction management today. You know, when managing a rehab project, what are the three most important things you should be looking out for? The number one thing you should be looking out for is whether or not it'll lend itself well to the overall plan of the investment. So not necessarily your initial business plan, because a lot of things change from the time that you put a property under LOI to the time that you close. And then even from the time that you close it within a couple of weeks, I mean, look at how quickly COVID came into effect. So you really need to make sure that you understand the total investment strategy, and then you're creative in the way in which you execute that strategy. That's number one. Number two is, I think it goes without saying that being on time and on budget is really, really key. And someone who is an investor who also has construction knowledge is going to be very attuned to the pertinent reason why it should be that in that way. Time is money in multifamily and taking a interior renovation and going a week versus a two week renovation period can be a dramatic change to your cash flow, to your NOI, if you're going to refi, could have an impact there. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why you need to really stay on top of those two things too. And then last but not least, something that's really important is your on-site team. A lot of operators, myself included, are not in close proximity to the properties. So your boots on the ground are going to be your make or break in terms of your success on being able to execute a project. Uh, those are three great points. So thank you. Where do most operators make a mistake when it comes to managing construction projects? 
I think a lot of operators make mistakes by not having someone on their team with construction knowledge. I think they rely heavily on property management companies, and I think they rely heavily on outsourcing construction management to third-party vendors. And not having someone on your team who understands construction can be hugely detrimental to the overall investment and to your investors. And uh, so do you have someone full-time just managing your construction or it's just it's just one of the duties that someone will have? So I actually run asset and construction management collectively. I'm a firm believer that if you don't have someone who can manage both together, then you should have two people that have a really great relationship because you need to communicate very often. Things change all the time. For example, unit mix demands. You know, some people could be seeking right now, for example, right now, a lot of people are going to the suburbs. They're not necessarily staying in major MSAs, which means that because of the migration that's going out to surrounding cities, those properties that were maybe perhaps billed as ones and twos are now, you know, the ones that are profiting during this period with COVID are probably twos, threes, and fours. So two bedrooms, three bedrooms, and four bedrooms, because, you know, families are starting to to move out to the suburbs from the city. So maybe your initial plan was to renovate your ones when really you should be renovating your threes. You know, you're going to get the value there. So you really need to be attuned to the market and having those communications with your asset manager to understand what the market is doing, what the concessions are, what your comps are doing can really lend itself well to then be able to execute it from a construction management point. I like what you said now and, and earlier too, is, is having that ability to pivot and stay on top of it because things are always changing. Really good points. How, how much did you rely on your GC or PM to manage these construction projects for you? So I grew up with, in construction, so I'm pretty knowledgeable with construction. So I probably don't rely on it as maybe other operators would, you know, as heavily, but of course I'm not physically there. So you have to have some trust and you have to leverage technology. My property management company is exceptional and they also too are well-versed in, in construction. So the property management company that I work with currently, I've worked on two other properties with, in fact, on actually we're work on two properties together right now. So having that relationship and that experience, making sure that your property management company is well-versed in large construction, multi-million dollar construction, that is really critical because you have to have someone who's able to do a lot of different renovations at the same time and have processes in place to eliminate any room for error. What do you do to hold them accountable? Maybe delve a little bit deeper into those processes. Absolutely. So we have very specific processes in which we, on an interior renovation, just as an example, we have a checklist per unit type of what type of materials need to be added to that renovation. So if we're doing a certain level renovation versus another level, we have a checklist and we go around that unit and cross check that certain items are needed versus not. Then we drop ship that to that specific unit. And then we go over with the contractor, all of the materials that are present. We physically take inventory and we have the contractor sign off and then we hand over the keys to the contractor and state, you know, this, this unit needs to be renovated by this date. Here are the keys. Anything goes missing. It's on you. And then your team is responsible for making sure that you replace that item so that 
it's fully on them to deliver. And then we get updates from many milestones. If it's a smaller renovation, typically we don't have those many milestones, but we make sure that they're able to deliver on time because obviously we're leasing with the expectation that that unit will be online at a specific given date. So we'll pre-lease that unit. If it's a larger renovation, then we'll have many milestones and we leverage technology through pictures, videos, you know, trackers to make sure that we're up to date on what's going on. If there's any delay, they need to specify the delay reason. Is it a material delay, a labor delay, or is it, you know, something outside of their control? For example, natural disaster could be a reason. Weather could be a reason. You know, when we're roofing, then they're not 365 days of the year, you're able to roof. So these are things that are tracked and then cross-checked and made sure that we can hold people accountable. I love it. I love that attention and detail on that. You know, with construction costs rising and taking longer to get stock, how do you mitigate that? So because I'm really in tune to construction, I'm very familiar on the whole construction process. Construction boils down to two components. It boils down to labor and materials. Depending on the market that you're in, those fluctuate. So if you, it comes down, it literally comes down to basic economics. Economics is all about supply and demand. So if you have a large labor force and you don't have the demand, then obviously the price of labor is going to go down. So, and then vice versa. On the material side, material is all about sourcing. Where materials are coming from is going to have a major impact on pricing. So if you are up north and you're sourcing wood, that wood is going to be cheaper than if you're sourcing it south because you don't have the freight charge over top of the actual raw material cost. So when I look at different areas, I'm also looking at where I believe the cost is going to come in. So when I'm doing my due diligence on properties, I'm going in and I'm seeing, okay, this is not near a major supplier of flooring or appliances, et cetera. So that cost is going to be higher. Or for example, my labor is going to be less. With COVID, for example, COVID has put a lot of stress on our labor force and also on supply chain. I recognize that way in advance. Previously, before I was in real estate, I was actually in vaccine development, global vaccine development for GlaxoSmithKline. I was the global director of vaccine development. So I am very familiar with what's going on in the world today. And I actually previously worked for a brief period of time on seasonal and pandemic flu. So when I saw COVID coming, I knew this would affect supply chain management. I ordered a lot of materials in advance because I knew that we would have a constraint on, on both of my businesses, both my single family and my commercial properties. So I, I stockpiled materials because I knew that we would have this shortage and we would have stress on the systems. Getting ahead of it is one way in which you can do it. Number two is no matter what reason it is, whether it's COVID or anything else in the future, maybe a natural disaster, et cetera, you should always have reserves. I think people right now who were very slim on their margins were very aggressive in buying because they believe in natural inflation as opposed to forced inflation are getting caught because they went into deals with not enough capital reserves. And ultimately, the people who were more conservative in their approach and have more capital reserves, I believe will come out ahead at the end of all of this. So going into it with contingency on multiple levels, not just from a construction standpoint, but also from an operation standpoint, will probably prove to be the winners of this pandemic. Yeah, I totally agree. Can you share a horror story of a construction experience you've had that's gone bad? Do we have enough time for all of them? <laughs> just one. <laughs> um, just one. Yeah. Okay, so... 
most of our contractors on the commercial space, I would have to say, are very, very good. They need to be good to to be in the business. You know that that it lends itself very well. But we have a property in a more like a secondary market in a sleepier secondary market, and the contractors that we needed to use in this market don't have the rapport and everything that we're used to seeing. So we had a situation in which we gave blocks of of units that needed to be renovated. We tested them with a small smaller set first and they were excellent. And then all of a sudden we had this large block of units that needed to be renovated and it was too much for their bandwidth, even though they claimed that they could do it and ultimately ended up being the demise of our relationship with them. So without getting too too much into details and, and really bad mouthing them on the project, we just had a lot of things that they weren't able to deliver on. A lot of the items that I said before in terms of tracking mechanisms, et cetera, there were a lot of red flags and not being able to hold up to their end of the bargain bargain was really pretty unfortunate. And you had to, myself specifically had to step in and say, okay, we're paying for work completed, but this is not work completed. And, you know, we really had to go through some tough times with the contractors, but I've had everything. I mean, my father's a general contractor. I grew up with him and seeing everything through his business. And then, you know, my own experiences, I think I've pretty much seen it all at this point to contractors who were drug addicts doing drugs like on site to people not showing up to people lying to people stealing. I mean, I've really kind of seen it all. So nothing surprises me anymore in this business. Well, I appreciate that. All right, Colin, I'll pass to you to take us home. All right, Ashley, what is your asset management superpower? My asset management superpower is I'm super detailed. I'm very detail oriented. I think you could probably tell that already. And also too, that I combine asset management with con- construction knowledge and I manage construction. And I don't think a lot of people are doing that. Yep. Absolutely. Love it. Well, can you tell our listeners where they can find out more about you? You can find more about me at www.badashinvestor.com. So it's B-A-D-A-S-H investor.com. And on Instagram, you can follow me at badashinvestor. Awesome. Love that. All right. To everyone out there listening, thanks for tuning in. If you like this episode, please head over to iTunes and Stitcher. Give us a like, subscribe, and review so we can continue to grow our audience. And we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please go to iTunes and leave a rating and written review to help us grow and reach more listeners. You can also go to the Passive Income Through Multifamily Real Estate Group on Facebook so you can reach Kyle and Gary and ask your questions that you want them to answer on the show. Subscribe too, so that you can get the latest episodes. Lastly, to stay updated, go to aptcapitalgroup.com and sign up for the newsletter. If you're interested in partnering with Gary and Kyle, sign up on the contact page so you can talk to them directly. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in again next week for another episode.